You're listening to the Counterculture Mom Show. Our kids are under fire every day with the media and pop culture persuading them to give up their faith and Christian values. Stay tuned now as former Hollywood actress and pop culture expert Tina Griffin helps you counter these messages and safely navigate today's pop culture chaos. Suicide Prevention Week is September 4 through 10. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, first of all, know that you are immensely loved by God and that he has a plan and purpose for your life. If you could only see the plans that he has for you, you would be so encouraged. Psalm 27, 13 through 14 says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. If you need help, call 988, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. That's 988. Just like you can call 911 for police and firefighter help, you can also call 988 for suicide help. Our guest today knows grief firsthand. While Stephanie was pursuing certified Bible counseling, her mom committed suicide. The experience she has had with loss has put her in a unique position to minister to many others facing similar circumstances. This is the Counterculture Mom Show. I'm your host, Tina Griffin, and this week we are tackling the tough subject of suicide with retired mom, Stephanie McCrary. Stephanie, thank you so much for jumping on the program today. How are you doing? Great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You have one phenomenal story, and I just want to say before we start talking about your personal experience with all of this firsthand in the grief and loss of two people that mean a ton to you. Thank you for sharing about what happened in your life, because that is going to help so many other people, especially now with COVID and suicide skyrocketing rates. So thank you for putting your life in the line and explaining what happened to you personally. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. You spent the last 20 years mentoring women, leading Bible studies, walking alongside moms who have lost children of their own. You have two adult children, a son who died when he was just four years old, and you have been married to your husband, Scott, for 31 years, and you live in South Lake, Texas. I'm excited to talk to you about this tough subject, Stephanie. Um, can you start out sharing a little bit about your mom's story with us? What happened and what led her to the point of suicide? Sure. Well, my mom was married to a pastor, and she led Bible studies. She, um, she, she led Bible studies. She did all the music at church. Just a phenomenal person that loved the Lord, but she had chronic pain, and so she was constantly um, in pain. It, it wasn't a um, cancer or anything like that, but it was medical issues that really caused her to be in a lot of um, inconveniences, and just she was hurting all the time. So that's that's what started the whole process, and I remember at Christmas, she was doing great, and she said, you know what? My body is temporary. I'm going to go to heaven one day and I'm going to have a new body and it's going to be perfect. It's not going to hurt. And that was Christmas. And then starting January, I watched her just do a slide down into a deep depression. And that's where um, she ended her life June 26th. Wow. Besides the depression that you saw in those short six months, were there any other red flags or signs? And did you think she was that serious that she would actually go to the point of actually committing suicide? Oh, absolutely not. My mom counseled so many people. In fact, I think she kind of counseled somebody off the ledge like the week before. So she was well-versed in 
helping other people that had similar situations of depression. And my mom was not a depressed person. That's the thing is she was not depressed, but she went from sleeping maybe three or four hours a night for about three months. Then she got where she couldn't eat much. So she got very foggy. Um, she couldn't think she couldn't, you know, you're not getting the, the nutrition that you need. And so she was just in a very, um, unique state of mind. Can I ask you how she committed suicide? Yes. So she went, um, with her husband, who's the pastor and they went to the church to do a couple things. She, they came home after having a wonderful day together and he went up to the office and she went into the closet and she shot herself in the head. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, I was expecting you to say a bunch of sleeping pills, you know, something like that. Um, wow. Oklahoma in Texas, we, we have guns. We, she was very, um, knew how to use the gun. She was very safe with them. So we never even once thought it would be a problem. Unbelievable. I am so sorry for your loss. Zero warning signs. I think you asked me that zero warning signs at all. We had absolutely, it took me to my knees. I had no idea at all that she would even think about doing this, let alone actually going through the act. So she made a couple of comments. You said around Christmas, Hey, this body's temporary soon when I'm up with the Lord and I'm gone, I'm going to have a new body, you know, all of that. But she never once told you, I just want to end it all. I can't take this anymore. Never. never. She did. Um, I went to visit her in May and her husband had said, I'm going to, as the pastor, one of the, well, he was assistant pastor. I'm going to step down and just kind of take care of you for a little bit to get, help you get back to your health. And she kind of freaked out and said, no, I don't want to be a burden to you. So we had zero um, warning. That's the one of the only things that we can think of that she didn't want to be a burden. And so that's why she decided to end it because I thought she loved her grandkids. She loved us. She loved her husband. She loved the Lord. What in the world would cause her to do this? We don't know. Knowing how big your mom's heart was, I could see where she might think, I don't want to be a burden and have you step down from being pastor and being used by God because she was so giving. And yet all of you would rather have her with you today than be gone. Yes. Absolutely. The, the void has been uh, very big, very, very big. Unbelievable. And I haven't ever really been suicidal. There was a couple of times where I said, I, I want to take myself out and take my husband out. I can't deal with marriage issues anymore. And I kind of just said it, but I didn't really like get to the point where I want to do something about it. I was just frustrated and felt trapped. Mm-hmm. But that, I, that doesn't even come close to what you're explaining. So I can't even imagine in a person's mind the struggles that they're thinking through and going through. And that's, that's how we felt. We had absolutely no idea. But I did learn later that my mom was a very fearful person and I didn't know that. And that's one of those areas when she was writing her Bible studies was talking, talking to other people about fear and just going to the Lord, that that was her comfort. That was the place that she went for refuge is Lord, please help me. And I've got a lot of her books and she's written in them about that. And so it is, it's very, it hurts to know that she was struggling so much yet. We didn't know. Unbelievable. Okay, we're going to list off a, a bunch of reasons and motives for suicide. 
can you go over these for us? And I also want to say it's interesting to me that one of them is not to be a burden on your family. Rattle these off, everybody, for top reasons and motives of suicide. Uh, the first one would be, and, and this is not exhausted by any means. This, these are just some that I have talked to other people that have, they've experienced this. But one is to relieve their pain, emotional pain, physical pain. If they have been abused by someone or even their their spouse rejects them. The next one is not to be a burden to their family. Um, one is guilt and there's no way out there. They don't know how to process the guilt. Another one is loneliness. And we all know that with COVID people were at home. They could not leave. You know, a lot of people couldn't even leave their homes. And that was a huge problem um, in, you know, 2021. And then distorted thinking, not thinking properly, not only about their situation, but even if they're believers, they're thinking about God. They have a very um, dilute, well, a, a warped sense of, of God, of who God is. Absolutely. And the fact that you didn't have major red flags is just to remind everybody, let's make sure we hug our kids often, hug our spouses often, check in with our loved ones, even if we think they're doing just fine in this chaotic time, or even if they feel, feel a little bit down, they might be a lot more depressed than what we realize. Um, we have to keep an eye out for these red flags, especially with our kids today. You never know what could be going on with, with them in their life. And when they're at school, what's going on with other kids that are also struggling. Um, and they might get bad advice from their friends in school on what to do. Just end it all. And we got a lot of pop culture promoting the suicide and death as a solution, which is insane coming from people that live in mansions. Um, mm -hmm. We have another image I want to quickly go over with more warning signs just to hammer this home so people can... Um, that are watching right now can think about, wait a second, are one of my loved ones showing these signs? Can you go over this, Stephanie? Sure. So depression is a very big one. Um, and it's, it's evident. You can usually see it because the person will withdraw from family and friends. They will want to be more alone. They don't want to go out and do things like they used to do. So that is a red flag. Now I'm not saying that every person that is depressed has those warning signs, but they can. Uh, another one with children is that they can have falling grades. There's um, a lack of social interaction where normally they'd want to hang out with their friends, but now they just want to stay in their room. Personality changes. They went from being very happy to very sad and sullen. And they don't, um, you know, they're not the normal person that you, that you know. And another one is a reaction seeker. Sometimes people will joke about committing suicide to kind of see how you will respond. So are you going to take them seriously or, or not? When do you think people should take them seriously? Always. Oh. I think always you should take them seriously because if they're going to joke about it, then they have already been thinking about it. In my mind, they, it's not the, usually the first time if they're going to verbalize it. I completely, completely agree. All right, everybody, we're going to find out more about helping those you love to combat suicide right after a word from our sponsor. We are in a cancel culture. Is your money safe? Are you holding it in a place that shares your conservative Christian values? If your funds are not with a financial institution that shares your values, 
They may be in jeopardy if you are not in agreement with their secular values. American Christians could lose billions of charitable donations without even knowing it. Capstone Legacy Foundation's charter ensures that we follow donor intent. Please go to capstonelegacy.org to help us see if you need to change where you are holding your assets for planned giving. That's capstonelegacy.org. Let's face it, our kids don't have great options when it comes to getting their first phone. Introducing Gab Wireless. Gab has talk, text, calculator, alarm, calendar, radio, and... That's it. What more do they need? And the best part, Gab users spend 80% less time on their phones than the average teen. That means they'll spend more time playing outside, developing talents, and learning how to talk to actual humans. So if you want your kids to live life outside the screen, go to GabWireless.com and get them a Gab phone today. Save 30% off on all Gab devices when you use the promo code TINA at checkout. That's T-I-N-A. Now we're back with more from Stephanie. Stephanie, how can a person assist those with serious suicidal thoughts? What can they do? So the first thing you want to do is to physically get to them. Yeah. You, you want to, with cell phones now, they usually will call you or text you. You can jump in your car and get to their house or get to wherever they are or send somebody else. But you want to make sure and get to that person. And then the second thing that you want to do is get any harmful object away. So if it's on the table, wherever it might be, you want to get it out of their reach And one of the counseling things that I have learned is give them a manual thing to do, such as say, hey, could you write down maybe the five things that you're struggling with right now that, you know, why are you feeling this way? However you want to do it, but you want to get their mind off of the object that they want to hurt themselves with to thinking, you know, focusing on, on something else. And then the third thing is if they are, going to harm themselves or harm someone else, you need to call the police immediately. The police need to be involved because if they're going to hurt someone else, that's, I mean, you don't want them hurting themselves, but you definitely don't want them hurting someone else as well. Absolutely. And here's some more top ways to help those who are contemplating suicide. I'm going to rattle off a couple more for everybody out there. Ask them, are you thinking about killing yourself? That's an obvious one. Keep them safe. Reduce access to lethal items or places, what you just uh, described, Stephanie. Be there. Listen carefully and acknowledge their feelings. Help them connect. Save the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number. It's 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. And also stay connected, follow up, and stay in touch after a crisis. Always let them know that you care. Always uh, reach out, let them know you love them, get them involved, help them find their purpose in life as well, because if they can find their purpose, they will realize that they're not a burden, not a nuisance, and God's got a plan for them that they can help other people right now, Mm -hmm. Um, that they can overcome with Christ. Anything is possible. And I want to highly suggest you listen to all four sessions this week, all four episodes on this suicide prevention series. They're absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal experts on people that have lived through it, like yourself, Stephanie, you want to get all four and watch them at counterculturemom.com. Stephanie, since you lived through the grieving process regarding your mom's loss to suicide yourself, and you're still going through that process, how can we care for those affected by the aftermath of suicide if they did end up losing someone? Absolutely. So I, you had said earlier, I also lost my son when he was four He died in a car wreck and then my mom's suicide four years ago. So some practical ways that we have been helped and we've been able to help others. Even this weekend, this on Saturday, I had a friend 
whose brother-in-law committed suicide and the funeral was here in um, the, the Dallas area. So we were able to host the family because they've got a big family. And when you have a uh, suicide or a death, it can be extremely stressful on the spouse or the parents that are left behind. So if you can provide housing, that's always a great help. Meals are great. Um, with my mom's um, situation, her pastor actually came and cleaned up where she shot herself. So oh. very, very practical things that we can do. They mowed the yard. If you have a wife that is left and the husband did all the bills, you can help her with the finances as far as teaching her how to do that. You can watch kids so that if the mom is the one left behind, she can you know, go to grief counseling or whatever she needs to do. But those are some practical things as far as um, just people, individuals. And then the church can be the biggest help. We had such an amazing group of people at our church and they did a prayer calendar and each 30 families took or 31 families took one day each month for a whole year and prayed for us. So that was very beneficial of of having people knowing that you were going to be prayed for every single day for a year. That is just phenomenal. And the one thing, two things that are in my brain right now, number one, Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. And it makes me so angry. We have so many people and my heart goes out to the youth of America. Primarily I've been investing in them forever. And so many people today are believing a lie that the enemy is telling them. And for so many different reasons, people are committing suicide. It just rips my heart out. We can't believe the lies, number one. We cannot believe the lies. You are in a different predicament as you didn't see the signs and symptoms. She hardly gave any, if giving any. But for the people tuning in right now, what I want to do as a family of God, and even to those that are non-believers, Let's have the meals with the depressed right now so we aren't having a meal after that person is gone as much as possible. Think about who seems depressed, who lost a spouse recently, because a lot of times when people lose their loved ones, they too commit suicide. I've heard way too many stories of a brother committing suicide, like that recent Marine that was just buried six feet under and his brother couldn't deal with the grief and loss of his brother and he killed himself at his brother's funeral. That's insane. Mm -hmm. That just happened like in the last month. So if we can reach out with the people that God's putting in our head right now, who might be a loner, depressed, lost a job, a young kid with stressful situation into cutting, pregnant teenager, Let's think about who needs to have the love and affection now, have them over for a dinner, uh, you know, hang out, spend time with them, board games, taking them to church, whatever God tells you to do. Let's do that today to prevent another death. Mm -hmm. I so appreciate you sharing your story. Anything you want to add to that? Well, I would say to to piggyback off of yours, if somebody, if, if you know somebody that is really struggling Make that your priority to befriend that person, like you just said. In 40 to 60 days is a good time to really help them change their thinking, change their mind. And I would recommend that, that, that you would check in with them every day, see how they're doing. Ask them, say, could you tell me how you're thinking today? Are you thinking of suicide? Are you thinking, you know, sad thoughts? 
because the truth is what sets us free. Yes. It can't help people if we don't know the truth. So you want to take that person, you almost want to hold their hand and say, I'm going to walk with you this journey. I am not leaving your side. We're going to walk this together and we are going to, with God's goodness, you're going to make it through. And I, the one thing that really helped me was I would go to bed and I would be sad. I would be crying. I would be just like, Lord, I can't do this. I can't take this anymore. But Psalm 35b said, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I would wake up with joy. And I'm like, that is only the Lord. And so I, I, I also said, you've got two choices. You can either run to God or you can run away from him. And I physically got up and said, I don't want to go this way that is depressed and sad and lonely because of what's been happening, you know, between my son dying and my mother dying. I want to go this way. So I physically got up and said, Lord, I choose you. I am going to run after you. And that's what I did. And don't, don't get me wrong. I have fallen back, you know, many times, but I just keep going back to the Lord. I absolutely love that. It's so important. Not easy, not easy to follow, but so important. Talking about the lies that people believe when a loved one does commit suicide, one of the top lies is this. The lie is losing someone you care about to suicide is your fault. The truth is you are not responsible for your loved one's decision. Stephanie, can you give us a couple of more lies that people might believe that are not true? God does give you more than you can bear. And so the people that say, oh, you, you know, he'll only give you so much. God gave me more than I can bear so that I could run to him. And John 16, says, in the world, you're going to have trouble, but God is going to be there right with you. So that lie that this is more than I can bear, the truth is God is going to help you through it. The next one is it's not fair. And um, unfortunately, life isn't fair. And we have a holy and a good God that says, if you knew what I knew, I know the beginning from the end. So this trials and these sufferings that you're going through, I am going to perfect you and I'm going to use it for my good purposes. You can't see from the beginning and the end, but I can. And so that one is Job 38 is the, the verse that I always think of that Job is kind of questioning God. And God said, where were you when I made the earth? And where were you when I did all this stuff? So even though it's not fair, God will carry you through. And then the next one is suicide has ruined my life. And that is the lie. But the truth is what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. And I have a great story about my sister who had lived a life of rebellion. And after watching the people come around my mom and the people that love the Lord, my sister has now repented and become a believer and had a tremendous life change. So I would not have had her in the kingdom, I don't think, if it hadn't been for my mom. So I, I get, that's where I say what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. Wow. Um, losing your son and then losing your mom, what are some takeaways for people watching right now that helped you get through the grieving process or is still getting you through the grieving process? We know obviously prayer, leaning into the Lord, but what specific things have you done that have helped? Absolutely. I have some dear friends that have walked alongside me. That's been extremely helpful. And if they don't come to you, go to them. 
just tell, ask your friend to say, I need some help. Can you please, you know, walk alongside me while I'm struggling? The other one is Psalms. I poured myself into the Psalms and um, that has been extremely helpful. Just knowing that David struggled with depression, Psalm 13, one through three, he talks about, Lord, I need your help. I can't do this anymore. It's I'm going to be in the sleep of death. But verse five, he says, I'm rejoicing in you. I am going to rejoice. The other thing is I decided to serve because when you serve others, it helps you get your mind off of your present situation or your circumstances, but you don't want to retreat. You don't want to stay in your house and not fellowship with others or not go out. So the main thing is being around other people and then relying on the Lord. That's so good. I originally thought you didn't say serve, but surf. I'm like, well, that <laughs> you're getting outside. You're getting in nature. Yes. Let's go surf for the Lord. All right. Anybody tuning in, if you have experienced loss and would like to reach out to Stephanie, you have kindly provided your Facebook to everybody to reach out to you. I will warn you, you might get hammered, but thank you for doing that. And that is Stephanie McCrary. I'm going to Hopefully you uh, receive my request and say yes, but uh, jump on board to her Facebook account, Stephanie McCrary. This will be in the show notes. And then also you provided your email address. Are you sure you want to do that? Because you also might get a lot in your inbox. That's okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Your email is Sooners underscore in Texas at Reagan.com. Sooners underscore in Texas at Reagan.com. That also will be in the show notes, everybody, to get a hold of you. Stephanie, you are fantastic. Keep at it. And anyone out there thinking you could try to top Stephanie as a guest, good luck. But go ahead and email us at show at counterculturemom.com. Give us the topic you want to address, the issue you want to address, the guest that you want on the program, and we'll see to it that that happens. Stephanie, thank you for sharing through your heartache and grief, because I know your message is going to save a lot of people's lives as a result. Thank you, Tina, for having me on today. Go get them. Thanks for joining us for the Counterculture Mom Show with your host, Tina Griffin. For over two decades, Tina has traveled the globe exposing how pop culture is glamorizing harmful behaviors without showing the consequences and how these messages are wreaking havoc on today's youth. Through radio, TV, podcasts, and our app, Counterculture Ministries is reaching millions every week with a biblically-based message for hope for today's teens and their parents. But we can't do that without your faithful prayer and financial investment. If you appreciate the ministry of Tina and Counterculture Ministries, would you prayerfully consider a generous gift right now? We have a donor matching dollar for dollar. You can give securely online by visiting counterculturemom.com or by texting the word DONATE to the number 55444. That's counterculturemom.com or text the word DONATE to the number 55444. Every dollar is doubled. If you love this show, you can stay up to date on the latest critical issues affecting your family by catching all of our weekly episodes with resource links, signing up for our e-newsletter, and downloading our Counterculture Mom app, where you get timely pop culture alerts. Visit counterculturemom.com for more details. And be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Counterculture Mom Show with Tina Griffin, where we are rewriting Hollywood script for our kids. 